Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. Tell you more about them and their new Lexington location in a bit. Mm. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Some All-American midseason award came out for football, and Kentucky is on a lot of those lists, Kentucky players, and it's pretty impressive. Plus, Kyle has a new piece, which was really awesome, talking to all the Kentucky players. They picked who would they want to take a final three, a final two, and get a stop. And then we'll wrap up today with a little bit more update on the college basketball trial. Some comments from Coach K, a.k.a. Head in the Sand guy, and <laughs> touch on just a little bit of the NBA. Um, but I wanted to start out football. The Athletic put out their midseason All-American list, Kyle, and Kentucky, well, well represented. Yeah, four guys on our midseason All-America team. Uh, Stu Mandel uh, heads up that ship, and I mean, that's pretty wild to me. Yes. I would, <laughs> I would not have, in really any in any scenario, have guessed. Now this is a midseason; things can change. But we're six games into the year, and and there are four. And and by the way, I hope you read the Athletic and look at ours. But it's not the only list no. that these guys' names are on. Now the, the, there's one guy I think that maybe we may be the only. One to have the three that are on pretty much everybody's list, or or almost everybody's list. Josh Allen is pretty much a unanimous first team All American right now. I think he is. I uh, have not seen a list that doesn't include. He's him. on. He's on the first or second team on every list. Uh, Benny Snell is pretty close to a unanimous. I think second team All American right now. Depending, and some do it differently. Some have two running backs on teams. Some only have one. I think there's been a couple where they only include one running back on their team. He might not have made that list, but for the most part. He's been on almost every other one. And then the other guy that's on most of the list is Bunchy Stallings on the offensive line. And it's interesting because I I, I would like to know from, like, hear an honest assessment from the UK coaches whether or not they consider him their best offensive lineman. I think it might be Drake Jackson. Well, I'd say this about Bunchy. He's obviously super talented. Very good. And And valuable. Now I don't know versatile. Yeah, you could see slid over and played center. Exactly, yeah. that's what I was going to say. You know, his his value on the offensive line, I think, is probably near the top yeah. of anybody. And he has the most viral. It comes down to look. People think Kentucky's offensive line is really good. Mm-hmm. Now it's struggled a little bit because they've been banged up, but they have this great reputation in part because they're blocking for a great running back. But they've also been very good for you know a year and a half now. And nobody look writers. We don't know. We don't know about offensive linemen. We don't. Very few of us really do. And and certainly, nobody's out there looking at every offensive lineman in the country. I mean, so how does this stuff happen? Well, who's got a good offensive line? Kentucky. You know, and, and Alabama and all these places. When you look, look every year at the All-America list, if there's not an Alabama offensive lineman on there, you'd be shocked. So, But you go, okay, Kentucky's got a good offensive line. They're a great story. They're They're doing something right. Okay, I don't know anything about Kentucky's offensive line. <laughs> what do I know? Bunchy Stallings pancaked the hell out of a guy at Florida. Was it Florida? I think so. Uh, that video went viral. You know, he's got a cool name. They've talked about him a bunch. 
I'm not taking I'm not taking away from Bunchy Stallings, but I but what my point is what I would view this as in the Kentucky offensive line room is a team award. Yeah. It's a recognition that they're really good as a group. And that's why I say I wonder what the coaches would say and I'd like to see the grades. One thing I when I covered Virginia Tech it was a beautiful thing. They put out the offensive line grades every week. Snaps played, pancakes, percentages, you know, out of 100 on their grades. So you had a really good idea over the course of the season in the coach's mind who was getting the job done. I would guess I I think the coaches would maybe say it's Drake Jackson as their best offensive lineman. Well, and also the thing to keep in mind, though, is the fact that center is by far the most competitive position because there is only one of those. Right. Oh, yeah. You can pick. Yeah. You got two two guards so, on the first and second. You got yeah, you know you got four guards and four tackles on on these all American. Yeah. So in theory, you know Drake, if you were just ranking offensive might linemen be the third in the best country, exactly. center in the country. Yeah. 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 So that that's something to also keep in mind. And plus. I mean, Bunchy's won two SEC yes. Offensive Linemen of the Week awards, so that probably... Which is, again, voted on in the same exact sort Pro- of lazy to, to a, way. To a certain yeah. extent. But he's very good. Point being, they got a star in Josh Allen, who's unanimous. They've got a star in Benny Snell, who's basically unanimous, All-America level right now. And then they've got an elite offensive line, which got representation on all these All-America teams. And then the fourth guy that I, I haven't looked at every list... But uh, I, I assume the Athletic may be one of the only places it's got him on. Darius West, the safety, uh, second team All-America right now. And I would not argue with that at all. He, um, he's been incredible. His story is incredible. I think, what, three broken legs? Total, yeah. One in high school, too, since he stepped foot on Which Kentucky is really campus. amazing. He has three legs, and he broke all three hey. of them. No, but he, I think, broke the same leg three different times. At points, you know, he was a big-time recruit, but at points you had to wonder if he was ever going to well, play I've meaningful snaps at Kentucky. They were— Or w- walk. When the two safeties came in, Edwards and, and West, they were seemed to be more excited about West, and it wasn't a knock on Edwards. And then Edwards took off and became one of the superstars of the defense. Stayed healthy, made a ton of plays, yeah. made a ton of tackles. Was at the top of the tackle list. Him and Jordan Jones went back and forth the last couple seasons and made a ton of plays picking people off. And now West has kind of flipped that. And the crazy thing about Darius West, in my mind, is that he makes all these plays in the secondary, intercepts the ball, you know, plays good pass defense, but anytime you talk to one of the guys up front, they're like, oh, we love when he comes in the box because he just basically lays the wood and hits people hard, and he's another linebacker. That's a rare combo. Yes. You have a guy who can do both of those things and kind of be the best of both worlds, depending on where he's at. And I talked to Mark, well, I didn't talk to Mark Stoops like we had a special one-on-one conversation. It was during his press conference, and I've been trying to like drag this out of him for a couple weeks because I asked him about Darius West two weeks ago, and he gave me a blah answer. This week I asked him again, and he finally went in a little bit more in depth about how he has an edge and an attitude, and he kind of has become the leader of the secondary, even though no one in the secondary is going to admit it and no one's on the coaching staff is going to admit it because the whole secondary is a bunch of seniors and they probably got kind of an ego where they don't want to say this guy. No, they don't have kind of an ego. You can't play in the secondary without having an ego. And I know for a fact that there's some massaging of egos that is going on this season across the board. And that's that's a whole other thing we we could address. Like, one thing you're dealing with with success is now guys are getting singled out. Yeah. They're all on all America lists. So if you're Mike Edwards, are you mad? If you're 
Drake Jackson or one of these other offensive linemen? Are you mad? Well, you know what I, I mean? Like, how do the guys getting the recognition handle it? How does this team as collectively handle being hyped up and talked about? Even coming off a loss, people are like, they didn't pl- They lost a game. They didn't play last week. And then the storyline on Monday, because of all the other things that happened in the league and Georgia losing, is Kentucky is a contender in the SEC East. How do all these guys handle success and, and the nice things being said about them? And how do the how do some of the other individuals handle not being talked about? Yeah, there that, there are some landmines there. But I, I did interrupt you. You were talking about you. What well, you I just finally got Mark to talk about Darius West and his leadership is what I was really trying to probe at. And he had the great quote. And when he was asked about why people listen to Darius West, he said, they're probably downright frightened when he gets serious. I was going to (laughs) say, afraid of him. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've heard people, seen quotes from various people on the team about him wanting to kill, like maybe from Stoops even, like that he's trying to kill somebody or take their head off every play. Metaphorically. Um, I think he's got the perfect safety, you Mm -hmm. know, strong safety, come up and hit you, but... You know, still drop, be able to drop defend. back and yeah. I mean, what has he got? Three picks? I think so. Now, just absolutely tattoos people though. <laughs> One thing you worry about with Darius West is does he get, does that aggression at some point, does he get a targeting call yeah. that costs him, you know, a game, a big part of a game, second half of a game, first half of another game, like the Cash Daniel situation? Because they would, you know, they would, lo- they would miss him maybe more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Other than Josh Allen, uh, on the defense, I they, would agree. You know, in a key game down the season. I mean, it's not something you know you sit around fretting over, but he he plays like a like a missile, and he when he's when he's not in position to make an interception, it's like every play is to separate the offensive player from the ball and maybe the offensive player's head from his shoulders. Yeah, and that was the other thing that Stoops kind of mentioned about West that he's refocused I think was the word he used the energy that maybe kind of got him sidetracked a little bit when he was healthy last year maybe became a distraction to a certain extent and he's focused it to where he wants to get better and do better and that was kind of that's kind of like an overarching thing about the football team they all want to do better for the team and somehow for whatever reason maybe it's because it's a bunch of seniors and a bunch of upperclassmen and they know that They have a chance to do something. All those guys are doing what's best for the team this season, and that's why there's been so much success. Crazy, we went through that whole whole talk about All-Americans, and we really didn't talk a ton about Benny Snell. We talked about him so much. And later this week, we're going to preview the Kentucky Vandy game, so we'll get you a bunch more football going forward. In a minute, we're going to talk about Kyle's latest piece on The Athletic and find out which teammates Kentucky players will want to take the last shot in the game. But first, I want to tell you about the new sponsor, Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline Chili that makes you feel good. They're known for their cheese coney. That's a hot dog topped with their secret recipe chili, onion, mustard, and freshly shredded cheddar cheese. And famous for their three ways, which is spaghetti crowned with their signature chili and a mound of shredded cheese. Make it a four or five way by adding either onions or beans or both. Being from Northern Kentucky, every time I'd go visit my parents, I'd have to get some conies, and now I can get them in Lexington. Skyline is a neighborhood place where you feel right at home. It's a great place to get a quick meal on your way home in their speedy drive-thru or stop in and connect with some friends after the game. The servers at the Richmond Road Skyline are super friendly. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, good people. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It feels like a good day to take a trip to the Lexington Skyline Chili over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kremes. Feeling good 
It's Skyline Time. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. By the way... Skyline Chili is the unofficial sponsor of UK men's basketball spokesman Eric Lindsay's life, I think. So if, if Eric is listening, I know that he was very, very excited about the Skyline Chili opening up. And the guy who opened it up here in Lexington beat us to the punch. We talked for a long time about the, we could save up our pennies. We were going to, the one thing this town needed was a Skyline Chili. We were going to try to open one. And, now we've missed our window, so I'm just going to have to eat there a lot. And if Eric wants to set up an interview with John Calipari at Skyline Chili, since Calipari's doing podcasts now with people. We could do it, yeah. yeah. John Calipari went on a UMass fan podcast. I I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I'm happy for him. I, I, told, I, I tweeted get. it. It's cool. But Eric, my, my man, let's let's get this done. Open invitation. I didn't know it was even a thing that we could ask for, so I'm gonna. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> we would like John Calipari to come and eat a cheese coney with us at Skyline Chili, where we will interview him for the podcast, and Eric can sit off to the side and stuff his face. That sounds like a win, win, win for everybody. All right, Kyle, you asked the Kentucky players who they would want to take the last shot, and I like the fact that they answered your question with a question. Yeah, that, I mean, I thought that was a good sign. I'm sure John Calipari would be pleased with it. Some game awareness, and PJ Washington was the first one I asked, and and he was he was not alone. Like almost everybody, you know, came at me with the same thing to the to the point that finally, after like the fourth or fifth guy to ask that, I was just like, the the subsequent people I asked, I said, you can give me one for a three and one for a two, <laughs> uh, but PJ, yeah, I said, who who do you want game on the line, one shot? Who do you want to take it? PJ said, well, what are we down by? What do we need? Do we need two or we need three? That's good. Smart question. It's not necessarily the same guy for all those shots. Mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson was in a kind of a narrow victory for the two. Five out of 12 people voted for uh, Keldon to take the two and, and kind of talked about how they like his ability to attack, get to the basket, you know, force the situation. He's probably either going to score or get fouled. Um, not their best free throw shooter, but he was the guy in a narrow vote there. I didn't write a lot about him in that piece, but only because I have – a uh, much longer piece just about him coming next week. For the three, Tyler Hero was the clear uh, choice there. Seven out of 12 guys picked him. And and then I asked, you know, who game on the line? One guy needs to stop his man, which opens that up. You know, it could be a big man or a guard. And, and it was unanimously Ashton Hagens. Not unanimously, but um, overwhelmingly. Eight out of 13 votes. You might notice there are a different number of votes uh, in the defensive category versus the shot, 12 guys versus 13. Jamal Baker just refused. He refused to play along on the sh- on who to take the shot, maybe because I would not allow them to pick themselves. 
but he said he'd be comfortable with anybody. Can't go wrong on this team. Now, I don't think I want Nick Richards taking a game-winning three, but that's fine. Nick Richards has been in a three-point shooting contest. Yes, he has. <laughs> Went about as you would expect. The, I, the the one thing I will say from the three-point shooting option in years past, it was pretty clear-cut who would, who would take it. You know, on yes. the, on a specific team, uh, you yes. know, you go back, Malik Monk, da 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 You can pick which one who would have done it. Jamal Murray and those kind of things. But this year, and it wouldn't be a lineup where anybody would be out of position you're trying to force a round peg into a square hole. If you had the wings of Quade Green, Emmanuel Quickly, and Tyler Hero on the court at the same time and you needed three to win the game, I think John Calipari and most Kentucky fans will be fine with any of those three taking the three. And heck, one of them, in theory, will probably have a decent look. Yeah. So they're in a really good spot if they're ever in the position to be down two and want a three to either tie or win. Yeah, they have options. And that was the, the other thing we mentioned before we came on. Uh, I mentioned that I didn't put in the piece, but on the shot, people hesitated a little bit, not because they, they were hesitant about Tyler Hero, but like they were weighing the fact that there are other options, uh, and that is good. With Ash, with the defensive question, who do you want to make one stop to win the game, there was zero hesitation with the eight people who voted for him. It was like, oh, Ashton Higgins. Ashton Higgins. Yep, Ashton Higgins. Right off the top. And so that's interesting. I mean, he's quickly developed a reputation among his teammates and his coach as just being a lockdown guy. I mean, we saw, I wrote about it a little bit here, and Keldon Johnson, I, I quoted a bunch of different guys in the piece, sort of rapid-fire reaction, like their their first kind of thing that comes to mind when they're thinking about why is Ashton Hagen such a great defender and, you know, animal, dog, all these different descriptions. But Keldon Johnson said it was really fun to watch him in the Bahamas to see that whoever he was guarding just kind of go, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I don't want the ball. Don't don't pass it to me. I don't want the ball. Because after a while in those games, by the second half, they didn't. whoever he was hounding to death, he just wanted no part of it. He had eight mm-hmm. steals in 81 minutes and a bunch of other impacts. You know, he had some deflections, but also he had m- even more impact in the fact that he completely broke the will of the people that he was guarding. So. Yeah, they would just get rid of it so quickly yeah. <laughs> after being yeah. inbounded the ball. I mean, I'm interested. it's interesting that you tried to make it where big guys could be included, but in my mindset, when you get asked that question, you automatically just assume that a guard has the ball. So I, I, I would bet if you asked Anthony Davis here, it would have been split between him and, and Kid Gilgamesh. Yeah. I mean, when you got a guy who's the best shot blocker in America. But see, Kentucky hasn't had – that guy that you think of, they haven't had a big man that you think defense yeah. immediately since Willie, mm-hmm. you know, in 2015. It was not like an incredibly long time, but, you know, Willie Cauley Stein was SEC Defensive Player of the Year, I believe. Tyler Ulis was at five foot nothing. Anthony Davis was National play, Defensive Player of that the Year. That was the quote from, I think it was Media Day from Calipari that kind of made you stand up and say, okay, Ashton Higgins might be something special when he compared him to Tyler Eulis. That was actually from our um, summer Okay, then I'd, I'd read it, and I knew I'd read the yeah. transcript. But it's crazy to think that he's Tyler Eulis, but, but big. 6'3". <laughs> yeah, and that's what Cal said. Is like, you know, I asked him a lot this summer about about Ashton Higgins' defense because I didn't, I didn't know I was going to write this piece yet, but I knew I wanted to write a lot about that. And... You know, he, he he brought that up. He said he's got a lot of Tyler in him, but see, Tyler, because of his size, had to play angles and be really anticipatory, think ahead. And he's like, you know, Ashton Higgins is not doing that yet. You know, Tyler had to because of his size. 
Hagen's though, it will just bully you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be on you. The thing that he said was similar to Tyler was it like you go here and he's right there. And you move here and he's there, still there. And then you move here and he's still there again. And now he just stole the ball from you. That like no matter where you go, and I think in Hagen's case, it's less about his, you know, you know, playing the angles and his anticipation. It's about the fact that he's really quick and he's big. He, he's got wingspan. And he's got, you know, the kind of athletic ability that maybe he doesn't have to anticipate. He just sees where you're going and zips right over to where you are. Yeah, I mean, that, that is pretty high praise because, again, Tyler Eulis, even though he was tiny, he was the – it is a, like an, a really underrated uh, individual achievement in the Calipari era is that, five, like, in realistic terms, what, five, seven and a half? I think five, nine, he was listed. Tyler Eulis won SEC Defensive Player of the Year That's and famously, cool. like, went toe-to-toe and almost got in a fight with the, like, seven-foot guy from Auburn in the SEC tournament that year. He had that sort of mentality – and that's that is another thing that he shares with Ashton Hagen. So, um, yeah, I, I think the good news for Kentucky is they feel there's a consensus on the team that they they have a closer defensively, and they have a closer they think offensively. But it's but they don't have like that guy or bust. There are yeah. some other options. Keldon Johnson is a guy that people voted a lot of people voted for to take a, a two point game winner. Uh, Keldon Johnson was also the second leading vote getter in the defensive stop category. So you've got Emmanuel quickly beat Tyler Hero in a three-point shooting contest the other day and won the McDonald's All-America three-point shooting contest. The guy can shoot it, uh, and he's got that kind of killer mentality too. Quade Green, the the highlight of the whole exercise to me, was Quade Green. Like I thought he was going to be like Jamal Baker and just refuse to comply <laughs> And, and in his case, it was with the idea that he couldn't vote for himself. He's oh, like, I, I want to take the game-winning shot. I'm picking me. That's why Quade is my guy. He's great. <laughs> but and, and, like, it didn't go very well when he, when he had that mentality last year. That's how the Sweet 16 ended yeah, with him taking a, a bad shot and missing badly. That was a bad spot. But you like his, you like his mindset. He wants that. He embraces it. And he's a good three-point shooter. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he can make those shots. They have options. All right, coming up next, we're going to update you on the college basketball trial. Kentucky's name has come up. It's nothing to necessarily worry about. But I do want to ask Kyle about something about national perspective. But first, I want to let you know about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Listen, the NBA season is right around the corner. And if you want to watch a lot of NBA, you can go to Sling TV. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch and you don't even use? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, NBA, and a bunch more. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12, SEC Network, and a lot more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. Plus, you can upgrade and downgrade the package you have to get some more channels when your favorite sports teams start to play. Locked On listeners can get an exclusive seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go check out sling.com slash locked on and get your seven-day free trial. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Kyle, I want to start it with this. A lot of Kentucky fans, this is a common complaint. Bill Self 
and the text messages that came out in the trial don't make him look particularly good, but many say that he is friendly with all the national media and doesn't get enough criticism in these kind of instances. Do you agree with that mindset? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before. I, I think you, I remember you saying that. I just wanted to kind and of... And look, it's not, it's not foolish. Like, I don't begrudge Bill Self the, the tactic. And it is a, it is a tactic. I, I never understand why coaches are ever, not ever, but generally speaking, why coaches are surly, snippy, standoffish, uncooperative, and unhelpful with reporters. Because many of us are really simple creatures. <laughs> like, be nice, be helpful, and we're probably going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's just, that happens, right? It yeah. happens. And and so I get what I get what he's doing, but Bill Self answers when people call. He responds when people text uh, reporters. He'll have the beer at the bar with you at the team hotel. He makes people feel like hey, I, this is a this is a pretty good guy. He's making time for me. Because we all realize that a high-level basketball coach has very little time. Yes. John Calipari's not having any beers with any of us. No, he's a one but, guy. But, and so when somebody that's you perceive to be in a powerful position, I mean, look, Donald Trump tries to do this with people. A lot, a lot of politicians do. A lot, a lot of people in powerful positions who are covered by the media do this, which that's, is when somebody in, in a high place that you know is a busy person makes time for you or makes you feel like they're making time for you, you're like, oh, well, I must be special. We have a special relationship, and you probably treat them differently. And I don't know that anybody does it better than self. And so, because of that, yeah, I think he, I think he gets. Now, I think that's changing, because I think it's become it's so much attention has been drawn to the fact that there that he that this stuff doesn't get enough attention mm -hmm. that I feel like there's some correction happening now. Because the other thing about reporters and media is they don't like to be called out on stuff like this. I, so I think there's a little bit more correction, but by and large, I think a lot of things have happened where, you know, one guy in the business is vilified because he's uh, maybe a little more bristly and and doesn't have doesn't care about the the perfect portraying the per perfect image, and the other guy is doing all those things, glad handing and well smiling, and I'll give you a counterpoint to that in a minute. That is all the way on the other end of the spectrum, and for until I think re recently hasn't gotten a ton of criticism. But first, I do want to mention uh, the fact that Cal that Kentucky was mentioned because there was text message between T.J. Gasnola, who was going to pay D'Souza, the big man for Kansas, to go to Kansas, but then the trial started, so he never paid him, and it's a whole back and forth. And if you want to look into that, you know, you can just the Kansas City Star is a nice report on all the text messages in exchange. But the ones that particularly uh, pertain to Kentucky, and these are texts from Gasnola and Bill Self himself. He said, in my mind, it's KU, Bill Self, everyone else can fall into line too expletive bad. That's what's right for Adidas basketball. And I know I'm right. The more you have lottery picks and the more you have lottery picks and you happy, that's how you should work in my mind. These are text messages and they don't necessarily make a ton of sense. But then self-replied, that's how it works at UNC and Duke. Gasnola sent a text back saying Kentucky as well. 
So they kind of threw that out there that this is how this all works. And that transitions perfectly. The point being that Nike takes care of UNC and Duke and Gasnella Sang in Kentucky as well. And that goes to the last thing we're going to cover today. We'll get into some NBA maybe later this week. But Mike Krzyzewski was asked about it. He called it this whole thing. A blip. It's a blip. It's not what's happening. What a complete fool. No, he's not a fool. I mean, he's no, a, he's a fool he's a, in the sense he's that a he's, fr- he's a fraud. Well, the, either for way, saying that, I he's mean, a fool for saying it because he, now he's going to get criticized, in my opinion. Yeah, but he is a fraud because he knows it's happening. Of and course, he knows it's happening. This is there was a great <laughs> tweet by Pat Forty, who many Kentucky fans don't like, but he quote tweeted that quote from Coach K and said, "Wendell Carter's parents met with Christian Dawkins, Lance Stevens' jewelry, Corey Maggette was in the Myron Piggy posse, Bagley's owned." A Nike AAU team, but Kay doesn't know a thing about how college basketball underground economy works. That's a, that's a perfect summation. Yes, Marvin Bagley, who like within like in the span of like two minutes decided to reclassify, and like five minutes later was on Duke's campus, Duke University. His dad was running an AAU program, and le- legally, I will say, but but nonetheless, getting paid a fortune. By Nike to run an AAU program that was created specifically for Mar- Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I mean the idea that like the shoe companies have their hand in this stuff is a, like that you don't know that is absurd. Yeah, and I think and to call it a blip when like the the just the facts that we know just from this trial, just from this federal investigation, just these facts that any informed human being much less the head coach at duke should have be, should be up on just this case illustrates that it's not just a blip yes. there's enough stuff out there that this because if brian bowen to you know quote well, our friend seth greenberg who was on the show <laughs> if brian bowen is getting a dozen offers of 50 to 150,000 dollars brian bowen who is not a very good basketball player, frankly. Then no, it's not a blip, and it's a—I mean, it's insane to even say something like that. Yep. And Coach K, he goes opposite of self, where he keeps himself on a podium and doesn't even do halftime interviews, which I still to this day find one of the more ridiculous things that he's allowed to send out an assistant because he is too important to talk to ESPN during halftime, even. Every other coach, including in the NBA, including all those things, they have to talk to the, the halftime reporter, but Coach K doesn't have to. Yes, self, Utterly ridiculous. Self, gets, self gets a lot of benefit of the doubt because of his glad-handedness. And Krzyzewski, a lot of pomposity is, is allowed to just fly by. Yeah, uh, I, He's a legend, maybe the best college coach ever in the conversation. But he is incredibly pompous. Yes, I would agree with all that. All right, um, next edition of this podcast, it's most likely going to be me solo, but I'm going to be at SEC Media Day, so there'll be a lot of other voices, including some coaches from across the conference and probably John Calipari as well because he'll be speaking down there. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can follow Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Be sure to be following at Locked On UK and then find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. If you're interested in advertising, shoot us an email. 
LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. Spaces are filling up, so you better act quickly. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the show, and thanks to Skyline Chili for sponsoring. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.